You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fourth and Manageable, an SEC football podcast. Brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, now we'll look at the SEC East game of the day, which was in Knoxville. Florida taking on Tennessee, and this is a game that we broke it down a couple different times in the middle of the week on the podcast, and I made the comment on Thursday that in order to have a chance to win this game, Florida had to get a lot more out of Anthony Richardson. Now, I don't don't think that was necessarily the type of insight you didn't get anywhere else. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they needed him to play more like he did against Utah and he was going to have to have his best game of the season for them to have a chance to keep up with the Tennessee offense. And I made the comment that in order for Florida to win this game, Richardson had to be the best quarterback on the field, had to be the better of the two between him and Hendon Hooker of Tennessee. And Richardson was awesome. I mean, you, you look at end of the game, he had over 500 yards of total offense. And except for uh, a fumble that, uh, I believe he had an interception as well, but I know he had, he had a costly fumble in the second half when they were driving and, and ended up uh, leading to a score by Tennessee that essentially put the game away. But outside of the turnovers, it it was uh, it was just a really gutsy performance. He had so many plays in that game where he just flashed his ability and just reminded you why people think his upside is so huge. And 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 it wasn't enough. And the reason it wasn't enough is because I don't think that he was absolutely the best player on the field um, or the best quarterback on the field. And and that says a lot for the way that Hendon Hooker played for Tennessee. Now. Hooker didn't have 500 yards of total offense. He had a little bit over 450. So a great game for Hendon Hooker as well. I mean, this game was basically the two quarterbacks, just back and forth, back and forth, making plays. Now, you could argue on the Florida side that they had a few plays in that game that, you know, were like coverage optional. Um, Some of the bigger plays Tennessee had were, I don't know what was going on, but Florida defenders just for whatever reason decided not to cover Tennessee receivers. I mean, talking about guys just going completely unguarded and, um, and those plays ended up being a, a really big deal in the game, just, just complete busted coverages. But that doesn't take away from the way Hendon Hooker played. And the, the key is that Hooker didn't turn the ball over. And I, I think at the end of the day, that was the difference, is, is that one quarterback turned the ball over and the other didn't. But it was a great performance by both of them. And when I when I try to pinpoint where the game swung, I mean, I mentioned, you know, with the, the A&M Arkansas game, that one was pretty obvious. It was the one play that was the 14-point swing in the second quarter. This one, I think the difference falls into like a coaching cliché. You, you often hear coaches say that the most important part of the game is the last few minutes of the first half and the first few minutes of the second half. And there was an interesting situation late in the first half of this game where Florida had a four-point lead. I believe it was 14-10 to 10 at that moment. And Tennessee 
was third and I want to say 10. It was third and long that Tennessee had. And Florida called timeout with about a minute and a half left in the first half. Now, Tennessee, I believe, was inside of its own 20. I know they were they were deep in their own territory. And they, they were in one of those situations where it looked like they may be content to just go into the half. And they were getting the ball to start the second half and they just, you know, get a first down, run out the clock. Maybe they wanted to score, but they certainly weren't playing with the sense of urgency that you usually see the, the Tennessee offense operate. You know, they, were, they weren't going up-tempo at this point. So Florida called a timeout. Tennessee ended up making a really nice throw by Hooker um, to move the chains. I think it was third and 10. They got exactly 10 yards. And at that point, they shift the offense in a full throttle. They end up driving down the field. And with a few seconds left in the first half, they score a touchdown. So instead of getting a field goal to make it 14-13, they actually take the lead into the half with a touchdown. And then they get the ball to start the second half, go right down, score again. And so Tennessee had 14 points within a a span of just a few minutes uh, off of the game clock, end of the first half, beginning of the second half. And that was really where the game swung. And Florida, from that point, kept kind of trading scores and they would they would answer to cut it back to a one score game and then you know Tennessee would score again to make it a two score game I mentioned earlier that the key fumble uh, in the uh, second half uh, by Anthony Richardson which was with Florida driving down 10 Tennessee took that down and they scored about midway through the fourth quarter to go up 17 and at this point you think the game is over should have been over but it wasn't so Florida answers just under five minutes to go they score a touchdown they go for two they don't get it and it was at the time it seemed to be a a pretty significant play to people who uh, who might have bet on the game because uh, the last time I saw the number it was 10 and a half so so it made a big difference that they went for two and didn't get it instead of kicking the extra point but they're down 11 well they end up getting the ball back and with you know well under a minute around 30 seconds left in the game um Florida scores another touchdown. And that cuts the, the lead to 38-33. Florida then recovers the onside kick. <laughs> and uh it, it looked like they were going to have a throw into the end zone in the final play of the game with a chance to win. And let's let's not forget, um, just a few years ago, Florida beat Tennessee on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. And I guarantee you, everyone in, in Neyland Stadium was thinking about that play. Tennessee, fortunately, uh, got a uh, pass rush on, and they were able to hit Richardson as he threw the ball, uh, came up way short of the goal line, and it was not deflected. Um, and so that ended up uh, they ended up being the end of the game. But it was one that looked like it was over and, and ended up coming down to the last play. If I mean, if we're going to be honest, it was, you know, with the last snap, there was still a chance for, for Florida to win the game. And so in a way, I guess it was – closer it was a more dramatic finish than the A&M Arkansas game even though it felt like it wasn't as good of a game uh, even though it was a better quarterback performance uh, obviously um, but uh, but yeah you you make your choice which one did you enjoy better I I, I think I I enjoyed the, the A&M Arkansas game better but there's no doubt that uh, Florida made that thing a lot more interesting than it should have been at the end and it also ended up being a very entertaining game much uh, much higher scoring and, you know, one of one of my takeaways from this, I mean, one, great job by Anthony Richardson, because a lot of the buildup 
to the game was how he had not thrown a touchdown pass yet this season. He had thrown four interceptions over the previous two games. Florida had lost one of them, almost lost the the next one to a bad South Florida team. And and it just kind of looked like after that opening win over Utah that that was maybe an aberration and Florida wasn't that good. Um, but but Richardson played really well. First career road start. And, you know, hats off to him um, for, you know, for putting up the type of performance his team needed to have a chance to win the game. Unfortunately, their defense wasn't good enough in order to get it done. But on the other side, you know, Tennessee, granted, if you watch the game, yeah, it, it, it really didn't feel as close as it ended up being. But the reality is, is as great as Tennessee looks at times this season, uh, and you know, there are times you watch them play and you're like, they could beat Alabama and Knoxville. They might be able to give Georgia a game in Athens. I mean, there, there are moments where you think that when you're watching Tennessee. But the reality is, so far they've played two above-average teams. I'm not going to say, I mean, maybe good. Maybe you give them good, but but that even may be generous. And I'm talking about Pitt and Florida. I'm, I'm going to say above-average teams. And both of them came down to the wire. You know, they, they needed overtime to hold off Pitt. They needed you know, to defend a, a last second play in order to hold off Florida. And, and so there's, there's still something missing there with Tennessee. And I don't know what you would call it, but just the way that they have have played and kind of ceiling, uh, seeing what their ceiling is, it doesn't feel like either of those games should have come down to the wire. They didn't need to come down to the wire. Um, but Tennessee's Fourth quarter defense, we'll just say this. I think this is very fair to say. Tennessee's fourth quarter defense has been lacking uh, in those two games. And and I think that's a concern moving forward. You know, when they do play an Alabama in a few weeks and then Georgia in November, can the defense do a better job of making plays with the game on the line? Because they have they have not really gotten that done uh, against Pitt and Florida, and that's that's why those games ended up being closer than they should be. But um, but still, I mean, you could see. I, I said this after the Pitt game uh, when you saw the reaction by Josh Heupel. Um, even though it felt like they they let Pitt hang around and it should have been a comfortable win, and it wasn't. They won in overtime. He was really excited. I'm fired up to get that win on the road. Same thing today. Uh, he, his team, the crowd. Um, sure, there was a little bit of a sigh of relief, but at the same time, there's a lot of excitement. Now, look, Florida certainly had their number in recent years, no question about that. So it was a big win, if for no other reason, just to kind of, you know, get over that hurdle of of, of losing to Florida all the time. But there's there's something about it where you you just you just wonder, like, is this a young team that is gaining confidence? And they're having fun. Like, like the skeptical part of you looks at it and it's like, yeah, these games shouldn't be that close. But Tennessee's not acting like these are games that they expected to go out and win comfortably. They're, they're happy to win. And I think that's a good sign. I mean, if you're building for the future and you want to take the right things out of this game, I think the way that they respond to winning these close games shows that they're not playing with pressure on them. There's no pressure to go out and win by 
two, three scores. It's just about winning and it's about getting better, um, keeping the zero in the loss column, and they've managed to do that. And so uh, if, if I'm a future Tennessee opponent, I'm worried because they haven't played their best. They're capable of playing better than they have. And at times they look really, really good. I think the question is, how good can they be if they do that for four quarters? And Alabama and Georgia both hope that they don't see it. Um, so we'll see. I don't know what t- Tennessee's ceiling is. I don't know if this is a 10-2 and two team or, or what they are. Um, but um, for most of the game today, I was really impressed. And look, they racked up um, well over 500 yards of offense without Cedric Tillman, who I think is their best receiver. It's hard to say that they could have been much better offensively, you know, with him in there. But, um, you know, but but <laughs> you have to acknowledge that they did this without him, which is a good sign, too, moving forward. So a uh, big win for Tennessee. I, I thought to whatever extent you could take a moral victory out of it for Florida. That was the case, given that they looked a lot better than they did in the previous two games. So I think it's really something to build on for both teams. Uh, but at the end of the day, Tennessee gets the win. Big win for them in the conference. And uh, they are excited uh, to move on at 4-0 on the season.